Good afternoon, Guardians. Welcome to a very special annual edition of Tower Casuals, where we sit here and we break down the Destiny 2 Showcase. Of course, I'm Josh, and joining me, as always, yearly tradition at this point, we got Nerd Generalist and we got A1 Johnny. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? How are we feeling after that? That was a that was a dense case, baby. Yeah, so I want to I, I want to jump in, and I actually want to start with you, nerd, to cut John off before he starts screaming Titan axe. Damn, um, Damn. he needs the axe. <laughs> I want to I want to start I want to start with nerd because nerd, I think it's no secret of the three of us, you you definitely played the least this this past season and probably during Lightfall as well. Uh, did this do anything to shift the needle for you? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I don't know if I believe that. Jesus. <laughs> well, I, I'm just still kind of processing what we've, yeah. what we've just gotten there. I mean, that was a really... It felt like a really long showcase. Um, 45 minutes. Than the other ones, potentially. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt... Yeah, no, they're, they're, typi- they're 30. typically about 30. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'm still kind of just trying to wrap my brain around everything that I saw. I did not take notes. I just kind of wanted to experience it as, mm-hmm. as it came out. And there was a lot of stuff they threw at us there. So, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited. Uh, I'm, I was kind of the most excited to see what where we would go after the, the final shape, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely stoked. I'm ready to jump back in. I've got my Xbox queued up, ready to download the update for Season of the Witch, and yeah, I'm 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 ready to jump back in. Yeah, and I imagine for somebody who's kind of sat out the last couple of seasons, not not sat out that that's probably the wrong word, but like definitely played less. You still experienced the story content. Um, I, I imagine you were kind of looking to see what the immediate future looked like too, rather than what's coming six to twelve months from now. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was it was definitely just, I think, a burnout situation. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, taking some time off, it gave me an opportunity to kind of reset the reset the wheels and, and kind of, you know, play some other stuff. But, but you know, I think Destiny and, and watching what they gave us there were, were kind of really moving the story forward, which for mm-hmm. me is, is the most exciting part is seeing and progressing the main story that we've been watching all these years. And it seems like we're doing that now with this season and then moving forward. So I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Like after seeing this reveal, I feel like it was, it's totally justified that they split Lightfall and the final shape into two separate expansions. Um, but it also like after seeing how good the pale heart looks, it was like, Oh, that makes like Lightfall look like, I guess even lesser than we already thought of it. Like, you know, cool destination, but the story, like you said, the story really didn't progress forward with it. Um, we've done a lot of work. We did a lot of work in season of the deep and with veil containment, moving the story forward as opposed to the actual expansion, right? Definitely a placeholder expansion. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, that sultry voice you hear is, uh, our resident head of the iron Lords, a one Johnny, John, I, I, I cede the floor to you. What give give me just a, a gut reaction of what you saw there without only using the words Titan Axe. But did you see the Titan Axe, Josh? I did see the Titan Axe as soon as I saw it. <laughs> my my phone lit up. Uh, I, I got Discord notifications and then uh, I had friends texting me. They're like, oh boy, John's getting an axe. <laughs> it's a one-off super. It's a range super. It's an ad clear super all in one. I am so excited, but no, we're, I, we're, we're going we're to talk to new supers in, in, a, in a few minutes. <laughs> Overall, how, how, temperature check, John. I know you and I tend to be a little bit more positive about the state of the game. No, I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming. I'm really interested to see how these episodes play out. You know, um, Bungie almost to a fault is so good at hyping themselves up with these showcases and trailers that sometimes we can build up our yeah. own expectations too much, but them saying that these, longer uh episodes are going to be beefier um than the seasons narratively and have these kind of three-act beats every six weeks i'm really curious to see how that plays out i hope it's uh, a more engaging experience long term um 
because you and I are whores. We're going to be <laughs> playing no matter what, right? But it doesn't mean we aren't left yeah. wanting sometimes, even when Destiny is in a good spot. Yeah, this kind of feels like a return to, uh, and it's something you and I have talked about extensively over the years. It kind of feels like a return to the Forsaken storytelling. Yeah. With, uh, but like taking the lessons that they've learned since then. Yeah. We're, we're, it kind of feels like we're taking the best lessons that we've learned from the seasons, especially post arrivals, right? Like we talk about low points in Destiny 2, and the first two that immediately come to mind are Curse of Osiris and Worthy, no matter what you think of the current state of the game right now. Like the narrative is still good, the activities are still good. It's just that we had like six game of the year contenders come out in the last <laughs> eight weeks. Yeah. And, and the real competition for the first time in years. Yeah, no, it's, this is, it, it's funny. I mean, I still hit like level 157 in the past, this last mm-hmm. season, but it's still the least I've played since I got back into the game and in, in, in opulence. Same. And it's not uh, because Destiny bad. It's just because Diablo and Baldur's Gate were so good <laughs> that instead of grinding Crucible and Grandmasters and raids after the season was otherwise over, I was playing other stuff, but no, I'm I'm really excited, and I hope that Bungie can shake things up so it's not just log in on Tuesday, play a seasonal activity, get 15 minutes of narrative, and wait till next week. You know, I hope we can yeah. get away from that. Uh, I yeah. totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, well, I mean, let's 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 get on into it, boys. Um, the, all the pages are going live on Bungie.net, so I'm, I'm pulling up all my links right now. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so I guess just starting at the beginning, I mean, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, we didn't talk. You know, the, the pre-show was, it wasn't a bunch of community art like John and I thought it was going to be. It was uh, the key cutscenes that we've had over the years. I did find it hilarious that they skipped straight over Rise of Iron. Like, it never happened. They did, like, all this stuff for Destiny 1, and then just, yeah, we're they're, gonna leave Rise of Iron They're there. just trying to keep the SIVA, the SIVA simps at bay, really. They don't I, want this, the Rise yeah. of SIVA to happen again. <laughs> that That's about what I'm feeling right now. Um, man, I, Jesus Christ. Um, and then, uh, you know, it ended with an In Memoriam. Uh, for Lance Reddick, of course. You know, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna dwell too much on him. We talked about uh, Lance on the show couple weeks ago with the uh the news that uh zavala will be recast uh presumably for the final shape they they haven't straight up confirmed it but i can't imagine that uh keith david is not zavala in the final shape at this point yeah that that did get me uh more so than than seeing Cade in action again which of course we had that you know big reveal a few months ago but that that did uh catch me in the feels watching this that that lance won't be there for that reunion right yeah, uh, and I mean, like, Cor- Corey and I talked about it, and, like, we're both clinging to the hope that maybe a couple lines were recorded. They said any recorded dialogue would still be used. Yeah. And ki- kind of clinging to the hope that maybe maybe him and Nathan were able to record a few lines, but I imagine if they had, they would have they would have said it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I know one of the seasonal writers reached out and said that was Lance's uh, last thing that he worked on, but he yes. said very clearly that he doesn't know what else he could have been doing. He's just on one of the two seasonal teams. So, you know, who, who knows? Maybe maybe they did already get his VO for, for Final Shape, but um, that would be pretty but far. At least ahead. some, yeah. I do have some troubling um, news real quick before we move on. It what, what's your troubling season- news? Season of the Witch is a book series and a really bad-looking direct-to-DV Nicolas Cage movie, so I'm having trouble Googling. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, right. I, I was waiting to see if anybody was going to notice that. <laughs> it's, it's, a very, it's a very bad Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, man. This, um, is the cross, this is the crossover we've all really needed. We need a Nicolas I mean, Cage season. Look, if he if he can show up in Dead by Daylight, there's no reason we can't get three different Nick Cage skins in the Eververse. <laughs> uh, I I want the one from uh, the Massive Weight Unbearable Talent. That's the Nick Cage that I want. <laughs> That's I, I either need a bear or I need uh, I need Leaving Las Vegas Nick Cage. <laughs> we can get Dracula Nick Cage for Warlocks. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry for anybody who's too young to understand the Leaving Las Vegas reference. <laughs> Don't, don't don't Google it unless you're over eighteen. Uh, breaking news on the seasonal page: uh, Hunter exotic grenades that you can turn into hive moths. 
Yeah, uh, I, I saw something okay. like that in the, in the I, gameplay I, footage. I, I picked that out as something I wanted to call out. That looks awesome. Oh man, there, there's so much good shit here, guys. Let's go. Let's go ahead and jump into it. We uh, we start with the trailer for the final shape, right? And of course, you know, Bungie doesn't miss with these initial trailers. And Ghost is narrating it. It's very much from Ghost's perspective. And like, you know, Ghost is kind of following, you know, Fire Team of Guardians throughout the years. Um, I, I saw Max making a comment in the thread you and I were in, John, where he was like, oh, I kind of dig the Hunter armor. And I want to be like, yeah, that's the original, original, original D1 Hunter armor yep. that you're talking about. But yep. by the time I was about to say that, they had already changed it to another one. And it's this whole theme of like every Guardian coming together, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's perfect because, I mean, it, Ghost's line was literally the first line in the game. You know, that's that's how you started. Yep. Yeah, R.I.P. Dinklebot. Um, yeah. After, he, he goes, after all these years, we never talked about it. Why I brought you back, why you were chosen. The truth is, I didn't know then. This might, this fight might be our last. So I'm asking you one last time to rise. Uh, it, f- it felt very Dark Knight Rises, where they just kept mm-hmm. chanting "Rise" in the trailer. Uh, I'm like, uh, is C- Christopher Nolan involved in this or what? <laughs> uh, this was this was awesome. Yeah, the, the, this was this was a really cool trailer that didn't really tell you a lot about the story. They're very clearly keeping the story under wraps. We know we go into the Traveler, um, a- as our friend Joyces would say, into the Travelussy. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we, we go in there, and they're calling the destination the Pale Heart. This is unlike anything they've ever done, but, you know, the, the typical marketing speak that we get. We've never done anything like this before. But it really does genuinely feel like, oh, shit, we probably haven't done anything like this before. It's made up of the experiences we've had collectively as Guardians. And it's a linear destination. That, that's probably the most fascinating part to me. Yeah, that's the campaign. Out. Yep. What does that even mean? I'm I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I I don't know. I I almost wonder if it's going to be a bit of a shorter campaign compared to other ones. And they keep hammering home this theme of we need everyone. I'm expecting something wacky for this raid. Because you you can't even explore the destination until you've beaten the game. 12 man raid, yeah. perhaps? Man. That was my immediate thought when they said a linear uh, uh, path. Is I, I, I feel like you're going to be going through a curated experience in that space until the campaign's yep. done. And then it's a normal open world land in yeah. different zones and drive your sparrow around kind of thing. Instead of just sparrow from place to place to click on a banner to start a mission, you know? Well, they, they made it very clear that this was going to be a heavily curated experience from an art perspective and that mm-hmm. like they had a very clear vision with what they wanted and how they wanted the players to experience it. So yeah, it does seem like it's going to be very linear for a reason. And that, I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of a linear experience for the campaign too, right? Because I think it makes it feel much more personal. Um, I'm really hoping, you know, with us leaning into these themes of, you know, like, oh, we need everyone, we're bringing everyone together. And, you know, they, they showed it in so many of the shots and so many of the still images that we get. The the key art is showing it. I'm really hoping that we get some more of those levels like we did in the Red War, where mm-hmm. there were other guardians in certain areas that we were in in the story. And then, like, for, but like, for example, like, once you jumped through the Vex portal, that was it. You, you were on your own in Homecoming, right? I would love to see things like that because I think that that felt made the universe feel more lived in. Yeah. My big question is, are our allies going to be following through and not just the Vanguard? Are we going to have our Cabal and and Fallen homies there fighting with us? I I would lean towards... And Cato's coming through the Travelissi with us? I'm going to lean towards yes, considering how much uh, Keitel and her guards were involved in that final mission of Lightfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're, when you're out in the courtyard. Yep. Beast Rack's finally going to bring his Kel uh, to, to the light, baby. Oh man. I'm really hoping that Mithrax is a guardian for this. I'm really hoping I, I'm holding out hope. That's, that's the one final thing that I need from this saga <laughs> is for Mithrax to be a guardian. Uh, but before, before we move on quickly, I, I uh, 
obviously I didn't think we were going to get a whole lot of story reveal because that's, yeah. you know, this is a very special crafted once, you know, like they brought it up at the beginning of the, uh, of the showcase, you know, as developers, you don't really get to wrap up a 10 year story very often anywhere in the industry. Um, right. So I wasn't expecting too much that way. I am glad that we are not getting a whole new darkness subclass. Um, this time I, yeah i'm actually relieved it, it's funny nerd nerd and i were talking about this literally yesterday morning we were talking about this uh that there was a fake leak going around imagine that uh i i've long been a believer that we were going to get a third darkness subclass and i just didn't know how you would balance that yeah and not that we can't in the future i i just feel like this story is yeah. too important to muck down half of it with a learn how to wield x new power <laughs> yep. Again. And I, I think they yeah. understood that too. Uh, I do. I, I will. I will say, conspiracy. Josh is coming out. Uh, put the put the spin foil hats on, gentlemen. I uh, I do think that there was one planned, and it was scrapped when they had the bump strand from the Witch Queen to Lightfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I do because that that would have had you. You know, you would have had two years between strand and like what we long theorized was going to be resonance. Yeah. Um, I am holding out hope that they will do another subclass in the future, but I do think it's going to come down the line. I think that they're going to save it for an important story beat in the next saga, which is good. I like that we're going back to the original three subclasses here. So you're in the Traveler, you're getting amplified. Do we think we're getting more than just these three supers, though? I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. Um... Yeah, obviously it'd be awesome if it was like a Forsaken, there's, you know, eight Mm -hmm. new supers in the game, or nine new supers in the game, but that, if if only giving us uh, uh, new toys for each of the original subclasses, and they're fleshed out and fun, I would prefer that over mediocrity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, For me, that's, that's the big thing, is just tuning and making sure that whatever they do add, especially because a lot of the light subclasses are in such a good place right now, to make sure that those things are tuned, make sure that they're they're you know they actually serve a purpose. Because one of the things I fear is that a lot of the support, and I'm using finger quotes here, support items and support things that get added to the game, usually fall by the wayside in favor of you know higher damage and you know just how or survivability. Mm-hmm. So having support things, I want to make sure that those things are actually meaningful and useful and have a place in in gameplay rather than just being like, oh, this is just a thing we're putting in there. Yeah, I, I will say I enjoy, I enjoy that we're getting the subclass. Well, for Hunter or not Hunter for Titan and for Warlock, I really appreciate that we're getting Void and uh, Solar Supers for them because those are the support classes, right? I appreciate that we're getting it there. Hunters, I I won't say I feel underwhelmed because I do think it's a really cool super. My problem is we just got a brand new Arc Super a year ago, <laughs> and that's. A really awesome super. It's one of the yeah, best it's supers like in the game. Blade three point You know, it's, it's that, and that that's the only thing I was like, oh god, of course we're going back to arc Blade. Like Titans get this awesome axe. Warlocks are gonna be bam, 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 bam. Like you know the the, the pyro from the uh, original X Men trilogy on crack over here, and then oh. I get to blink and stab things. I, I, I will say the, the the hunter one definitely seems the most uh, PvP oriented. Hundred percent. Hundred. I mean, starting a round of trials with your whole team amplified sounds wild. That that uppercut move or whatever that made the whole team amplified. That's going to yes. be crazy for for making pushes and plays. I, um, I would also say that like it really depends on what's the like the the interval between when you have to cast like one iteration of that because they said you get mm-hmm. three of those blink and attacks. How cool would it be if those were like you had a decent amount of time that you could traverse the map a little bit in between each one of those, and it's not like they have to be in quick succession. That yeah. might be pretty sweet. And who knows I'm, I'm, pretty, what, I'm pretty sure you'll have a you'll have a little bit of time to move. Um, and like like John said, I do feel like that's definitely a PvP move. Yeah, I they don't gave see you the highest sp- damage super, like right. triple fold with the with the. Well, and that, that's why I'm not too. That's why I'm not too <laughs> upset about it. I do think of the three classes, I feel like hunters are probably in the best spot super wise. We have support supers and we have offensive supers on every single element now. After mm-hmm. waiting so many years for arc to be viable. 
Yeah, the rogue uh, class finally is is DPS king. It's it's good to see. <laughs> I, I I I fucking love it. I, I'm a, I'm a rogue at heart. For everybody who doesn't know, I I play a hunter. I play a rogue in D and D. This is uh, this is near and dear to my heart. I I do I love the blades fantasy though. I, I really do. Even though I'm, I'm I'm a rogue that uses a bow. Um, I I am stoked for this. All three of these do look really really good. They took a lot of time and care into doing these. And I'm glad that we're getting Traveler powers. It, it makes sense. In the context of the story, it makes sense that we're getting these. Yeah. And, you know, who knows how new exotics will play with these. And, we're yeah. you know, there's also new aspects and, and, and whatnot, not just a new super. So. That's that, that excited me to support aspects really mm-hmm. excites me. Like, there's new things to build into. And, you know, I'm... Calling I'm it very out, people are going to be so mad about that Titan shield that you can dude, put up by eating your I've... I've been waiting for (laughs) I've been waiting for a shield bash for Titans for so long, like an actual like guarding, and then boom, you just repel that energy out. So this is like uh, that's what I was waiting for for Titans for so long. Yeah, I love that uh, because I I love the big banner banner shield super, but it's not very useful in anything. So I can kind of play with that fantasy without. Right. dedicating my whole super to it if that well i sense. i love i love the axe and i i like that they clarified that you throw those three out and anybody can pick them up yes that is that is really exciting <laughs> to me as, as as a skinny hunter to run around with a big ass axe is really exciting salad um, man you're not the only one anymore buddy <laughs> i i i mentioned that i play rogue characters in just about everything including in skyrim i run around with a bow and a broadsword when I'm sneaking, I stab people with a with a fucking longsword. It's great. Um, th- this was this was unexpected though. Like all of these yeah. were unexpected, and yet at the same time, it made sense. Now it makes sense why they made those changes to swords a couple years ago and said that, or like last year, I guess it was, and said we're doing this for anything you can wield in third person or uh, in third person in the future. Yeah. So this makes a lot of sense, like both with this and with the new relic mode. Um, I want to I want to steer us back to the to the expansion just a little bit. Um, just man, the subjugators. We <laughs> we've long wondered if there was going to be a darkness race that we would have to fight, and I think the approach that's been taken here is actually a lot more creative between the subjugators and the tormentors. Mm-hmm. You can't just oh I'm they're just they're bullet sponges like no there's there's like actual mechanics to beating these guys in the open world and in the campaigns I low key love that the subjugators have strand and stasis powers yeah it's going to be great with crowd control it's, which is going to be it's going to be so <laughs> annoying dude I can already feel <laughs> the stasis locking me in place and then getting one shotted by some kind of sniper in a grandmaster it's going to be horrible. <laughs> It's, in a good way it's, 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 it's gonna be rough the, the legendary campaign is gonna be a trip um and they've all got fluffy shirts too they've not only are they gonna be smacking us from the back line but they're gonna look really fancy while they're doing it yeah they're, they're i mean they're mini rolks so if the yep. tormentors are mini nezzies uh these are mini rolks i i like it though and i think that it's it's a creative way to get more enemies in there without having to create a whole new race. Because it's like, at this point, how are you going to make a race that feels different from everything else? But like, this is like kind of the last one that they would be in. Like, it doesn't make sense beyond that. It makes sense to like, let the, let the episodes continue the stories of like the hive and the scorn. I'm really glad that over the years they've decided to focus on building one specific enemy like unit rather than mm. focusing on adding an entirely new race or an entirely new like style okay. of enemies. Not to say that the scorn and then what else did we get? I can't remember, but the we scorn come to mind. Taken. Yeah, that like rather than getting like five of six or the same type of units, just reskinned yeah. that have like slight twists, we're getting something that's completely different. I, I think that's been a good approach over the years now. I, I, I agree. I think that it's been a good idea. And like, similarly, I think giving some of the enemies stasis powers over the years has been a good idea as well. And like, even, even the cabal getting an overhaul to drop those resonant shields and whatnot it makes even rank and file more deadly to fight against. You actually have to kind of think about it in the more difficult content. 
Uh, it's not just, oh, I'm, I'm going to blow through with, uh, you know, holding down right trigger on, uh, on Chroma Rush and just mow down this whole line of enemies. That doesn't work anymore. And making, you know, engaging mini bosses that aren't just champions. Always welcome. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, that's been our, I think one of the biggest complaints, like, for years now has been we want engaging enemy types. Just throwing a champion mod on it doesn't make it engaging. This is actual mechanics. And I don't have to have a specific build to do it. I don't have to run double primaries to kill these things. So I I enjoy seeing that. I like it. Um, let's talk about some of these exotics that they, that they mentioned, though. Uh, Sandbox team talked, and some of these sound absolutely wild. The Tessellation Exotic Fusion Rifle, it's available today if you pre-order the expansion. I wasn't going to pre-order it. Now I kind of like need to because i really want to play with this fusion <laughs> uh, i'm paying 100 bucks to play with the fusion six months early uh that i'll probably use twice and then throw on my vault it's awesome this thing is awesome it adapts to whatever you are currently using whatever element you are currently wielding is what it goes to the exact description on the website and this thing looks absolutely bitching this is one of the coolest designs they've ever done Purpose carved from meaningless, the chance generation of the universe crafted into beauty intentionally. That which served no reason ceased, randomness elided by the sculptor's art. This thing is an absolute monster. But as cool as this is, and I know John's going to make builds based around this entire thing. Yeah, we, we all remember when Traveler's Chosen came out. <laughs> Can we talk about the Golden Gun Sniper? Yes, that piqued my ears. That sounds so cool as hell. That, you know what you know, it, it instantly reminded me of was uh, the explosive snipers that we buy in Fortnite. Yeah. That's what instantly uh, brought to mind for me, uh, Dragon's Breath snipers. So I was like, oh, well, that's, did they, that's really cool. Did, did they give us... I, I must have missed that part. I must have looked away for a second. Did they tell us kind of like what the trait was like on that? Because I heard them say um golden gun the sniper but was that was that kind of all we got yeah they just showed that, that an was, image we, of a really cool yeah we sniper. saw we saw the concept art okay cool, cool, cool. yeah yeah they uh, i imagine they, they uh, want to keep the functionality of most of these under wraps until the game is actually out but they right. teased a lot more exotics than they normally yeah. do yeah they did a, a gun that shoots traveler beams the trap yeah the tra <laughs> that thing looks fucking wild that gun, like, and I, I felt like I kept saying that every time they Is showed a gun. Trace? I was like, "That's fucking." Wild. I, I would imagine it's a trace. I don't know what else it would be. A heavy trace rifle. That's what Ooh. I was thinking. It definitely looked like a heavy weapon. It was big. Oh, listen, we all. I actually would not be shocked if that was the raid exotic. The travelers. I, I'd imagine it'd work more like Thousand Voices, you know, a charge and a burst, yeah, as opposed to like one just continuous. I, beam I, I imagine it being like a portable Moira beam. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, we all need to take down the witness now using traveler beams. We got to cross the beams. No, don't. You never cross the streams. No, we're never. crossing the streams. We're, we're doing it, baby. We're doing it. And then the reveal that we're getting three more classic D1 weapons back. I have to think this is the final batch. Yeah. Because it's two of these are ones that have been asked for for years. And it's, of course, the classic Kavastov. We can't go into the final showdown without no. the beginning weapon. And talk about the most craftable exotic ever, right? Like right. That, that's just screaming to be crafted with whatever perks you want on it. <laughs> it that that's gonna it's gonna break the fucking game. Uh Red Death. Which I'm very excited for Red Death and Dragon's Breath uh, is coming back as well. Uh, Dragon's Breath, uh, the the lesser man, the poor man's Gallerhorn, as we called it in the original Chrono days. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be really fun to play with, not viable for damage. So we are using an exotic heavy slot on. But hey, I'm glad to see it. Looks cool. Yeah, I mean, so that that's six exotics that they briefly talked about. At least um, yeah. we definitely got the most on Telestation and. Uh, then they, you know, briefly showed us the art for the Golden Gun Sniper and the Traveler Beam. And the other three just got mentioned. Um, the two new, what, two of the new weapon types. <laughs> Rocket Pistol Rocket Sidearm. <laughs> Immediately I was like, oh boy. This, there, there are custom games streaming to be played with this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how viable this is going to be as a weapon, but it sounds fun as fuck. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm all for goofy guns that feel like you're living the fantasy. Yeah. We, we are we are living a thousand years in the future well, with space magic, and we're still running around with AK forty sevens. They said that 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 gun was going to get a weird mix of sidearm and rocket launcher perks. So like, give me oh my god, does that even? Do you think it works, you think it what works does with that backgrounds? he didn't say perks it was traits so like your stats oh, and your weapon. so it's gonna have okay. like blast radius and velocity and stuff I like that okay. dude impulse amplifier though man this could ex- impulse and explosive light uh, again my biggest question now i didn't think about this during the reveal do these rounds work with wolf pack rounds i think that I that know. could be really cool you see like all these little stingers coming out mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to play with them. Um, if it's balanced like the smart pistol we got in Lightfall, it, I'm not worried about it for PvP because no. you have to be so close to lock on with it. I'm hoping that's how it works. And then, it, you know, that's just my biggest yeah. fear with something like that. You know, a, a, a sidearm with tracking rockets 100%. on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely a concern uh, for me for me as well. And I, and I would think they would have to like, they might yeah. tie it to like heavy ammo or something. Who knows? Yeah. But um, they, uh, they said it's special, but uh, yeah, oh, okay. you know, like okay. I said, they I, nailed I it with the that. smart pistol. I was worried about that too. And then you get in, you're like, oh, you have to be so danger close and then wait a second for it to lock on anyways that other than a few cheeky around the corner kills, it's pretty much not, not a viable I, I imagine it's going to be like, they'll, they'll make it to where it's next to useless in PvP, mm-hmm. but it'll be a lot of fun in PvE. Yep. Uh, especially like in horde modes, I can see this being a blast. Yeah. Let's talk about this auto rifle though, because this this screams John and support class. Oh yeah, support frame auto rifle, which can uh, shoot enemies and you can heal your allies. I'm very excited that, for this as an archetype. Not something that I had on my bingo card, but I guess we probably should have seen this coming after. Um, oh God, what's the name of the trace from uh, Ghost of the Deep? Navigator. 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 After, after Navigator, again. this this was kind of like the next logical step, I guess. I just didn't expect it from an auto rifle. And a legendary. Like, that's just yeah. a type. That's just a type so of I, auto I, rifle. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely okay with it being a legendary, because we've seen when they introduce new types of weapons, they don't overload us. Yeah. Um, they kind of let them trickle in. So and there's lots I'm, of lots of design okay. space for exotics to pair with it. You know, you get XYZ benefit when you heal, you know, a, a teammate. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, what, what new perks you can introduce with that, what they look like when they're enhanced. I I am hopeful, though, with introducing, with, between these and the new pistol archetype, that that kind of gets us more away from, like, everything we've known for eight or nine years now and gets us more into the wackiness. You know, get gets us into the space magic and, like, we stop caring so much about, well... If it's not a one, if it's not a one twenty, I shan't be using it. And it's like, hey, this gun's really fun. I'm gonna use it. Like, I care more about fun than like I mean, optimal, optimal stats. It, so, I mean, I think the biggest holdback of of these things over the years has been, you know, the wacky guns and like the weird experimental stuff has always been tied to your exotic. So, mm-hmm. like having that kind of break out of that mold and break, I guess, more of a prison. And having that be something where like, okay, I can have a, you know, a weapon that heals somebody or has a support role and then also still bring my big ass rocket launcher or my trace, you know, you know, bring sleeper simulator or something that does like heavy DPS. Like, mm-hmm. I think that does lend itself to some more interesting play styles. Cause like before you wanted to heal people, okay, you're throwing on Lumina and then that's your exotic. You're kind of screwed in that respect. That's true. You want to bring something else. This kind of opens that up a little bit. So it might actually help. That's true. That that's a good catch. I I didn't think about that. I uh, do we do we have any any other thoughts on on weapon on exotic weapons or archetypes? Because if not, we got to talk about everybody's favorite Vanguard member. We can't move. We can't go any further talking about this expansion without talking about Cade. Mm, any nope. any any weapon thoughts, Johnny? Uh no no I'm an, okay. I'm just excited to to jump into the see what the this season brings but I'm sure we'll we get we, to we the can hear we can hear the music 
I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> oh, I didn't know which one of you it was, and I didn't no. want to call anybody out. But I can hear the new music in the background. Like, God damn it! Yeah, no, there's, there's, uh, there'll be lots of thoughts, but honestly, without you know being able to see right. the, the perks and the stats right. and play around with them, it's it's hard to do anything other than so, speculate. But I guess, I guess, yeah, let's 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 move and talk about Cade's return a little bit. Uh, it made a lot of sense when uh, Robert Brooks was talking about this and says. Uh, you know, I my note that I have next to Cade Six is uh, "Legends Never Die." Um, you know, Cade, Cade had the largest personality of I think any character in the saga so far. It's it's not even a question at this point. Like there are there are other characters characters undeniably that have stepped in to fill that void. I think, especially specifically Saint Fourteen, I think has really stepped in to fill that Cade role in a lot of ways for us. I'm sorry, Drunken, Drunken Drifter, Dr- Drunken Mithrax didn't do it for you. I, I love Drunken Mithrax. Drift, they've really dialed up the Drifter in the last couple seasons, and I'm here for it. Yeah, He's yeah. gotten really sassy since we went pirate hunting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I do, I do love Drifter, but it's like they still there's there's still something missing though. There was something magical that Nathan Fillion brought to the table that like really brought the core group of him, Lance Reddick, and Gina Torres together. And you know, we had so much growth with Z- Zavala. You know from season of the worthy onwards Zavala's really been it's kind of been him and crow that have been the driving characters of the seasons and i'm really excited to get back to like the core group as they call like the band is back together but the note that they that they said there that really caught my eye what caught my ears i guess was that uh what he goes through in what his journey has been what he goes through in this expansion and him being our guide is so core to the experience that it was only right that he was there at the end, that he's our guide. So I take that to mean that Cade is probably our destination vendor also as a way well, of keeping him in this game. Someone's got to mark out the new lost sectors here in the travel So, I mean, we're getting secrets. <laughs> we're getting secret stashes back with the season pass. So or excuse me, the annual pass, we can't call it the season pass anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love it. And the callback to the initial teaser trailer, I'll when he tells Ikora, well, I'm here now, wherever yeah. the hell here is. Um, I just man, seeing seeing Cade back, it gets all the emotions going. That it's something that I don't think we ever expected to see. Uh, before that teaser trailer, so when that happened, uh, people people who weren't watching it live thought it was fake. They're like, what? Cade's <laughs> back, and uh, now it's very clear that you know Ikora is not in fact dead. Ikora's yeah. not dead. Burns have all come through the portal with us. I assume that, you know, Keitel and Mithrax are there. You know, I, the Avengers are in the travel of sea. Okay, we're here. We're here. We're partying. But before we can go meet up with Cade, we gotta, we gotta do some witchcraft. I don't know what I expected from this season, but it was not what they told us. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have had tarot cards and the deck of many things on my uh, <laughs> list of things I would see in Destiny, but here we are. Oh my god, we're on the moon in the throne world, dealing with the threat of Zivu Arath, and it actually kind of makes me wonder if we're going to wrap up the Zivu Arath storyline beforehand. Um, kind of seems per- like it, yeah. Perhaps uh, she's I- the dungeon boss next season? That's kind of what I was thinking arc? since they always they always put it out at the beginning of the season, so mm-hmm. that would make sense to me. And then you probably like wrap up the Aramis bullshit during the season. Yeah, that was my um, only hesitation is that ooh, I really hope Zebu Rat we don't kill her in an end of season mission, right? You know? Um, yeah, I mean I, I've always maintained that I felt like Sabathun and her have to throw down still. And yeah. like when we look at when we're looking at the uh the three uh, episodes that are going to come: Echoes, Revenant, and Heresy. Heresy definitely like has the has the Hive colors. You have a Hive sword there. Kind of makes me think that like maybe we're not done with her yet. Um, but they've they've been adamant that the Light and Dark Saga is done with this raid. That this that that's it. So yeah. I'm I'm really hoping we wrap her up. But yeah, Eris uh, Eris does a. Hive ritual, and we start paying tribute to her. She's becoming I guess the goddamn god of war. That's so cool. <laughs> we've, uh, you know, we we thought we talked about it in the past. You know, like what what character isn't going to make it to the end? And I think that a lot of us, for a long time, have felt that 
Eris's story is coming to an end. She's had the most development of any of the side characters, I think, outside of, you know, Zavala and probably Crow at this point. Um, she's been there for so many key moments, you know, Dark Below, The Taken King, Arrivals. You know, she was she was there in Beyond Light. <laughs> she um, was there. <laughs> there in Shadowkeep, you know, we exercised her demons. She was there for Haunted. She's been there for so many of the biggest character-driven moments and character-driven storylines that if there's somebody that doesn't make it to the final shape, I think at this point you can kind of say it's going to be Eris, just based on what we saw in the trailer. Sacrifices are going to be made. You know, we've already had the death of Amanda. Sloane is slowly being lost to the Taken. There's like there's other sacrifices coming, you yeah. know, whether we like it or I, not. I, I'd I would imagine have... Osiris is is uh, going to have one more big moment before the end. I, I see. I, I think Osiris does make it to the end personally, but that that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, I I love that the narrative designers described Eris's idea as a wild ass idea because that's <laughs> yeah. like the way that I feel like I would phrase something in a note, and they just outright said it. <laughs> I mean, it is. just just looking at the cutscene of what's going on with Eris and like what happened. I, that to me, that was one of the more like shocking moments of the entire thing. Was like. What the hell is going on? It shows you how far we've come because the Zavala five years ago would not let this go down. No. <laughs> the Zavala three years ago wouldn't have let it go down. I, we've, we've talked about it so much, but it really is the moment where Crow saves him is really kind of the turning point for Zavala, I think. And I, I love that they make the, the designation in this showcase that, you know, Zavala's kind of gone down this dark path and Ikora's, you know, Ikora's faith has been shaken in the Traveler and whatnot. Eris going through with this just kind of is like the culmination of all of that, it feels like in a lot of ways. Because Eris is like the one who's like, she's always been willing to do the weird shit. Her and Drifter. I, I have to think that Uncle Drifter is part of the storyline too here. But, uh, you know, that, that remains to be seen when we actually get to play it. Um, Two new activities... We have the Altars of Summoning, which is a six-person activity, and Savathun Spire, which is a three-man enemy dense activity. And, but you know, kind of exactly like what we just got in Season of the Deep, uh, there's going to be secret secrets hidden within the Spire to uh, progress it and, you know, to find... I was adamant we're not getting an exotic mission. Maybe we are now. <laughs> Who knows? But this is the kind of stuff I want to see in in, like, seasons and if this is training us what to expect from uh, episodes, then I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm really excited to check out this Spire activity. I really hope it's an evolution of what we loved about Deep Dives. Um, I mean, having you, you a look at that deck of cards. Activity. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to play around with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were a lot of them. Like, that screen that they yeah. showed... There were There's probably like there were probably like eight rows of cards with maybe seven cards in each row. Yeah, I, I would estimate there were probably about 35, 40 cards. Yeah. At uh, wild shit. And like I, I did I obviously I didn't get a chance to pause it and like look at the description of some of them, but it does sound really cool. Like there'll be places for you to activate those within the spire uh, for your bonuses. I like that it's an evolution already of the system we got last season which was very, like, roguelike, this also feels like that. This feels very Hades-like to me. And I love that. Hades is one of my favorite games of the last few years. I like the idea of being able to pick my perks before I go in, because eventually you're going to find the optimal strategy, right? And like, and oh, well, these, these are the ones I want to run with. But half the fun, I think, for, like, you know, for, for all, I think I speak for all of us, we like games like that. We like card-based games with like strategy-based games, and I think there's an inherent strategy to a system like that in a first-person shooter. Oh, yeah. And it and it leans itself very well to the seasonal model um, because, I mean, roguelikes are inherently infinitely playable, right? Um, so yeah. taking some of those cues is awesome. Obviously, I don't want to see what they did after Menagerie, where every single season we have a little mini roguelike, but it's a, it's a very interesting way to shake things up. No, I, I do think with six months to go in the year, though, with, with the, the seasons, how they're going to play out, mm -hmm. this is a good thing to introduce now because you'll have it just long enough that it feel, still feels fresh and then you can take it away. Like, there's nothing that says that this system can't work with next season also. 
Yeah. So I do think that's important to note. Um, same with the deep dives. It's like, oh, well, these are these are cool systems. Like they've always said that they they like to use seasonal activities to kind of play around with ideas for the future. And there's nothing that says that we can't see these in like regular activities going forward, right? Why yeah. should they just be tied to seasonal activities? Like, what if you had a raid where you could pick perks? I mean, that would be such a cool idea. Or even a new, I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but, you know, a, a new core activity that's yeah. somewhere between a roguelite well, and a horde mode or, you know, just... Didn't we Didn't we kind of have that as the original, like, Nightfall uh, system at the very beginning of Destiny 2 kind of gave you the ability to choose what perks you wanted to go into it with? I don't know if you guys remember that. Might might have been before you guys kind of really got back into the game. No, but that, I, that I was... played Destiny 2, but uh, that was seven years and a lot of alcohol ago. <laughs> and that was more I about didn't... adjusting your difficulty to get a higher score. You know, yeah. uh, right. I, I understand your point, though, Bruce, but... Um... Either yeah. way, no. Either way, I'm all on board for for adding, being able to add different perks and, and add interesting yeah. twists to each, make it different. Each and time anything that makes it feel fresh, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and then you know, of course, we we can't get out of here without talking about you know what what are the longer term things coming to it. First of all, Crota's End is returning. Um, I'm not going to say that I love Crota's End. I want to start with that. Uh, Crota's End has a lot of very fond raiding memories. That's really where I fell in love with raiding was Crota's End. Every Tuesday I was running it at reset in a three or four man group. I was really hoping they would address more um, because in, in the past, Joe Blackburn himself has said like, yeah, we'd have to change all. We'd have to like basically rebuild the whole thing. He did use the to... word brutal when he described it. I mean, he said brutal Crota's end. I feel like they've used that description for things like Root of Nightmares, though. And I don't know. I, I, I think I they hope did that hear the. I think they did hear the clapback uh, from the rating community yeah. on on Root of Nightmares, and I th- I do think that if they just put Crota's end in without doing significant significant changes that it's it's not going to be a good thing. So I mean I, it was so it was soloable in Destiny 1 which is an easier game already than D2. Right, right. Yeah, so, I think that they, I think the bar's got to be significantly raised this time around. I, I, I'm I just, excited to see what changes. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't bummed out about Wrath of the Machine not coming back, but that all but confirms that's probably the 10th. I mean, I would say all but confirms I was dead set until like 2 months ago that that it was going to be the raid this year. Um this does make sense. They said in the past they want things that come back to be tied thematically to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and this makes sense. Yeah. You know, we've got a hive season. We're we're on the moon, things like that. It makes sense. Um, Wrath of the Machine, I guess, does kind of make sense. Like, if you're going to go and explore things that happened, that are happening outside the Light and Dark Saga, Rise of Iron was kind of one of those things that was just there. Um to bring something back from that probably does make sense to do for like an anniversary pack or like next year sometime. Um, so uh, my, my dream of completing that raid will have to hold off for another year. Um, Can we talk be, about I'll... the armor that they showed? Yeah, absolutely. Ju- ju- jump on in, jump in, John. That, that is the, uh, the, the fancy moments of triumph ornaments. I'm uh, correct. Um, it, it looked, it the, looks yeah, like with it. the big glowy yeah. uh, hive spikes all over the armor. That's absolutely the moments of triumph armor. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking real fast. Yeah, it is. It is, in fact, that armor. Yep. And that's good because the normal Crota armor is bland as all hell. <laughs> um, and we've, we've had a very similar set to that armor already. Just they, the Ghost of the Deep armor is that, but like significantly better. Mm-hmm. So, I'm I'm okay with this. This does make me hope that over the next year we'll get the ornaments added for uh, King's Fall and Vault of Glass. I that's just that's an easy layup for brownie points from the community to give us that stuff. And I do think like that gives you a reason to go back in and do those raids again. Like I suspect if oh, they yeah. do it with Vault, it would coincide with craftable weapons, for example. Yeah, that would be a easy home run there. <laughs> e- easy, easy home run. Um, and then, I mean, beyond that, we, we've got some quality of life updates and I, I think we're all happy about these updates. Um, activities are going to be, certain activities will be power fixed, but it really sounds like the grind is all but gone. The, the power grind is basically gone at this point. Um, 
if you play religiously, you're going to hit it anyways, you know, so like the three of us, there's not going to be a problem, but it does make it a lot easier for us to take people who maybe took a season or two off. For example, you know, our friend Phil has been known to take a few seasons off. Our buddy Ray uh, usually isn't up to power level and they want to do these end game activities without having to kill themselves. We can now take them in there. We just have to, it's just a matter of getting the gun now. Right. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is a win to be honest. It has been, I mean, them not raising the power level last season, and I, I can't remember if it was the season before that, I don't remember which was the first one, has been, I think, universally like well-received um, and, and sort of simplifying that and moving forward without fully removing it because you do still want to reward the people who do kind of want to push the envelope and try to be right. at the top of, of the game. But, you know, removing all of the barriers to entry for especially newer players who want to just do like base-level raids, I think it's fantastic and, and a home run. Yeah, I, I think this uh, this is a home run, and tying this kind of tying this in with the new LFG system is a big home run too. I think we we've all been wondering why is the LFG system not ready? Why did they pushed it back so much? And now it's pretty clear they want to push it back to like tie it as closely as possible to this. Like this system probably is what wasn't ready to go, and they just said you know like fuck it, we'll introduce LFG a season before. We don't want to introduce it alongside a raid, which is a smart idea in all fairness. Um. But I like what they said about, you know, you can bring your friends in regardless of power level. Fire team power is a thing. So, like, even if, like, people are, like, a couple, like, hairs too low. Like, for example, say a Grandmaster. Like, someone's just having a real hard time getting those last couple artifact levels. Now they can be fire team level. Right? Yeah. Which is awesome. I've um, definitely had, uh, like, Max, who works six days yeah. a week through the summer, want to jump in and do a couple GMs with us, and he'd have to spend every waking hour of a weekend just to grind out two artifact levels just so he could join us in the activity. That feels right. bad. You know? Um, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, the inclusion tags is another thing that I really like. They're really yeah. trying to make this as inclusive of a game as possible. When they talked about the colorblind, they used that as an example. I was like, well, hey, you know, if John didn't have a huge group of people to play with, that'd be a perfect feature for you. Yeah. You know? Um, but I liked that. And, like, just reading over some of those, like, real quickly, like, you know, hey, you know, I, I just really want to be chill. I don't want I don't want this to be a... I don't want to play with sweat lords. <laughs> <laughs> um things like that like really made me laugh because like we we forget sometimes i think that developers play this game all the time they play this game too so they're making the experience that they would want in an lfg and we, we've come so far from web pages in destiny one <laughs> and the crappy app in destiny two to like to the point where most of us i think that weren't on playstation were using the built-in xbox lfg and it's just such a relief that this is going to be in game now. You can do it according to fire team level, and like it's going to, you know, it's going to work along with uh, the power levels. I really enjoyed seeing all that. The other big quality of life change that we're getting is the timeline. Um, this is not what I expected the timeline to be, but it's better than what I expected. I expected yeah. it just to be a bunch of cutscenes you could watch in the timeline section. Instead, they're going to have key missions from these expansions that you can play through for key moments in Destiny. So that if you're brand new, you can just jump right in and play them. Awesome. I, I can't finally, wait to play, I can't wait to play Cade's Last Stand again. I, I feel like this has to be the first step towards we're going to make all the content available once we're off last gen. Like, if I was, was going to say the one thing that disappointed me, I, I know we, we've got one more thing to get to, but... My one big disappointment was they did not address leaving last gen behind. And it's something that just kind of desperately needs to happen at this point for the health of the game. I cannot imagine you trying to play this game at 30 frames right now. Leave the Xbox One alone, Josh. Uh, listen, for consoles that were developed on 2012 technology, they need to be left behind <laughs> at this point. Like the PS PS4, like launch PS4s and Xbox Ones have to sound like they're being cleared by the yeah, FAA. Eventually, all the PS4s are going to explode, and the problem will solve itself. You know, uh, that's, that's true. You're, you're not you're not wrong on that one. Um, I, I would say that was that was like my big disappointment, like takeaway. I think, and like it's a. I'm making it sound like a bigger deal than it is, but this is traditionally where they talk about like, you know, platform inclusion and, you know, what our plans are. Like last year they addressed it at the showcase and, you know, kind of give people a warning. I would have really liked if they came out and said, Hey, 
and I, I imagine pricing would have been really wacky on this, but like said, hey, you can play the final shape on last gen, but if you want to experience the episodes, you gotta upgrade. You yeah. gotta you gotta get you gotta get a current console or you know, you know, you know, God forbid better video card, you know. I know PCs are definitely Whoa, 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 whoa. A bit of a weird video cards area. Are expensive. Yeah, so are consoles. I digress. Let, let's let's talk episodes real quick, and then let's all get out of here. I, we all want to go. I think we all want to edit and go play uh, episodes. I'm still sitting in queue. We can talk as long as you want, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> episodes uh, are going to be three larger seasons a year, uh, and the first three are going to be titled uh, Echoes, Revenant, and Heresy. In that order, Echoes is going to start in March. Uh, Revenant will start in July, and Heresy will start in November. And it's going to be three acts three acts to an episode and an act is going to come out every six weeks. And I think that's just, that's the perfect amount. You can get in, you can do your story stuff for the act, you can dip and play other things, and then you can come right back for the next act. Yeah. And these are standalone stories to play as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I really hope they nail this because that is also to me, what feels bad about the seasonal model is once you get through the first six weeks, it's kind of like, okay, you have, a seasonal event <laughs> and two more iron banners that, that that's what you got to look forward to and then maybe a cut scene right at the end of the season yeah and but and i think like all of us would rather have that than the artificially padded like 10 week stories that we mm-hmm. were getting and like as good as chosen and splicer were that's one of the big takeaways i think we're god forbid lost where we had to wait four months for the last installment of the story yeah, that was the wildest one. Why? Why they? That was the, that was by far the worst. Just, by far the worst. They should have just capped it and give us the 30th anniversary to play around with, and everyone would understand. Hey, it got delayed. This is what it is. But you know, anyways. Yeah, um, and then yeah, we, we digress. We've we've all learned lessons from this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like what they talk about though that they want to make this more cinem- a more cinematic experience than before. They're planning for this whole next year to you know have more have more uh, in-game cutscenes and things like that. They kind of tease some of them. It looks like we're going get to get a hand-drawn Cade one at some point. Um, and then, you know, the, the standalone stories, you can play them in any order. But what really hit home with me that they said was more weapons, more loot, more often. And they want to provide a foundation for the future. They say on the website here, each episode will contain new story content and rewards, including a new exotic mission, exotic weapons and armor, Episodes will be split into three acts with a new act every six weeks containing new stories, quests, activities, weapons, artifact mods, pass ranks, and rewards. That's pretty thrilling for me. Like, if you're going to include all that and it really can deliver, I'd rather have that than have, like, one or two half-baked seasons a year and two really good ones. I would rather have higher quality and less frequency. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've I've always felt the season that comes along the expansion, you know, like even like Risen Risen was great, but it ultimately was what maybe forty minutes of story, you know. Um, Risen so, was great because it led out of that first mission, and that was something unique yeah. that they haven't been able to replicate. Yeah, the, but I feel like this I'm... is a good compromise of going back to mini expansions over seasons, yeah, somewhere in the middle. And I hope they 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 can deliver some good shit with this. Model. This does feel like something that'll be sold indefinitely too, if they're going to be standalone stories. The thing that's kind of exciting with this is that they don't have to tie everything back into some bigger story. Like they have a yeah. lot more freedom to kind of dive deep into these little individual care, probably character driven stories that they don't have to say, okay, well this character is doing this, but then this character also has to do this because they're doing this arc in the bigger story of light and dark. So I think it'll, it'll give them a lot more freedom to really explore some different types of storytelling, which they've gotten well, really good at in the last, you know, two years. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if we got another one of these passes next year. Um, as well, instead of a big expansion for them to be like, hey, we're going to kind of hold the line because they've got they've got a whole plan here straight up through next February with these, um, you know, heresy is going to end in February. It would not shock me to see them see them say, hey, we're going to release three more of these stories because we're busy working on the next big expansion. But uh, like I personally thought and a lot of people in the discord thought we were going to get a title card for what was next. I almost prefer this to keep the mystery of what's coming. They clearly want all focus on the final shape and not us speculating about two, three years from now. Yeah. Um, 
guys, I think I think that's better. Oh, we have to talk about the collector's edition. That's the final thing. <laughs> I'm we can't get out of here without talking about this. Uh, did you get we it? Went, I did get it. I I was ordering it. Uh, in fact, as we were uh, starting to talk about the pale heart, I was uh, typing in credit card information while steering a conversation. Um, I love this thing. This this looks so cool. Um, it is the Destiny One Tower. <laughs> there, there's no other way to say it. This is so cool. It's the D1 Tower, and it comes with little mini uh, Cade, Ikora, and Zavala's that you can put in there. There's, of course, some physical books there, one of which you can make out has uh, the Elixni symbol on it. Another one has the uh, the tree from the uh, from the courtyard, the the tree of heroes over there by Zavala. That's feels a little ominous. Uh, still cool. Uh, there's a couple of other things. Um, the The description for this says, as preparations for the conflict with the witness are mobilized, the citizens of the last city brace for the climactic battle. Meanwhile, Ido scours the solar system looking for clues, messages, and intel on the origins of the witness to share with guardians. During her travel, she's also found a gift to honor your service, a light to accompany the darkness. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, there is, there's a book that is, uh, it looks like it's messages from, it's like an autograph book almost, but it's like messages from, uh, characters throughout the universe, whether we've met them or not. Um, the, the sample page they give us, uh, has Chalco Young on it and, uh, a bunch of symbols of the hidden scribbled on the page next to it. And then of course, Ido's, uh, dossier, whatever you want to call it. We get a little image of that. Uh, includes a tower replica featuring LED lights and sounds. They tease that there's going to be uh, some hidden secrets in it, kind of like a mystery box. Uh, the Vanguard figurines, the dossier, a Vanguard mission patch, uh, the Final Shape original soundtrack. And uh, Ido mentions that there are messages of hope, inspiration, and wisdom that can be discovered throughout thorough examination of the tower replica and its accessories. There's also, of course... A ticket to the ramen shop. It looks like uh, <laughs> worth we, it right there. We we can't leave uh, this behind without the ramen shop. Uh, there's it, this looks like a really fitting final uh, final collector's edition for this saga. But uh, gentlemen, I think that's I think that's it. Do we have any any final thoughts on this showcase? On where we're going, where we're going to end up at. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what these next two seasons bring. Um, you know, they yeah. said uh, the last two were very much supposed to be like an epilogue for Lightfall, and these two are going to be leading up to to Final Shape. And uh, I'm I'm just excited to see where where the story goes. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, in a similar vein to what what Johnny said, I think you know we're in a really interesting place in kind of the, the destiny timeline right now with the way the community feels about the game and, and kind of how things are going moving forward. And I think the next mm-hmm. two seasons will really be critical in in kind of the success of a final shape and, and kind of community outlook moving forward. And, and for me, especially like whether or not yeah. I move forward kind of into the next chapter of the game. So I'm excited, but also, you know, gonna be patient wait and see yeah um i i kind of echo both of you because uh, you know nerd you and i have talked a lot about that this kind of feels like an ending point for a lot of us um that have been playing for 10 years um you know we hear content creators all the time be like well this is make or break for destiny and i i don't necessarily think that that's a thing i think that's still gonna have an audience no matter what but i do think that if you were to jump off this is probably the point to do it because you're at the end of the original saga you're not getting swept up into another story. You know, got the episodes there to determine if you want to continue on in this world or you just want to watch, you know, like Bife and Mylan lore videos. Um, I well, think some of that... you better stick around because I need someone to pick up these axes with me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how this uh, expansion goes because I mean, I, I'm I'm in it until at least the final shape. I want to see how this plays out. Um, and I don't want to be like one of those people like, oh, you know, well, I, I didn't enjoy Lightfall. So, you know, Final Shape's not good. I'm, I'm gone. Like, my playtime is going to get reduced. I mean, just that that's the reality of not being 20 anymore. 
um is that i'm not i'm not playing destiny all night i'm not even in my mid-20s anymore i'm in my early 30s like there there are other things that you know demand attention and that you want to spend with your hobbies and we were talking earlier about how like just the last like 10 weeks alone has given us zelda remnant diablo final fantasy Baldur's gate 3 uh this week we're getting armored core next week is starfield you know we've got things like lies of p and spider-man coming up and you know all these other games and it's like how do you there is not enough time to enjoy everything like you know phil and i have been joking we're running through trying to finish all our season passes this week so we had a destiny season ending we have a Fortnite season ending a mini pass in Fortnite, and 76 you know he's a big 76 player like how do and everything hit on the same day how how do you like how do you possibly make the time for that and like eventually something has to give and destiny for me is like the last like bash of like a live service game like i don't i don't want it to be the thing that i give up like it's my hobby game it's where i play with my friends i hang out with my friends and i'm excited to see where the story goes it's just how long am I going to be here past the next year of content that I'm paying for up front? Right. So if we don't have any more final thoughts, I'm going to go ahead and get us on out of here. Of course, we'll be back on Thursday. Corey and I will, we'll get Corey's thought on the thoughts on the showcase. We're going to share some of the things y'all were hoping to see. I meant to get to that today, but uh, we've already gone on more than long enough for this reaction. Uh, we're going to cover that. We're going to dive into some lore, dive into the beginning of the season. I want to thank nerd and johnny for joining me as always this has become a yearly tradition and uh i i'm really looking forward to reuniting for the 10th anniversary next year hell yeah so it's the one time a year i feel like all three of us get together i think i think johnny and i need to need to just get in and, and duke it out and gambit at some point before they completely you know turn off the gambit servers forever I, I mean, this 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 is the vanguard, though. We've got we've got a warlock, we've got a titan, we've got a hunter. So this is a uh, this th- this is my fire team, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, uh, guys, thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to join me for this. And everyone else, we will see you starside casting spells and playing with the deck of many things. Bungie, let me in the game. <laughs>